All right, let's get our Bibles open. Let's get them turned to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Now, you have probably, if you're anything like me, uh, you've likely seen at least one show or, or a movie uh, where a prisoner is being led away or escorted away to spend time in solitary confinement. You ever seen a show like that? And, and oftentimes the, the prisoner is going kicking and screaming. There's a sense of, of panic of, oh no, I, I don't want to spend time in isolation by myself for days or weeks or, or whatever it might be because they sense that this is not going to go well for me. There are uh, serious problems that happen. Okay, now on, on a more lighthearted side note, I, I think the kind of the introverted part of me has, has thought over the years as I've watched this, I'm like, man, that doesn't seem so bad. Right? Like, I feel like I would do well with, you know, an extended period of time by myself, you know, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know, catch up on some sleep, do some, some push-ups, stretch the hammies, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like that would be nothing but uh, beneficial to me, okay? But now, like a, a year or so, as we are now, into this pandemic, you know, we've had lockdowns, it's been restrictions, it's been social distancing, uh, from people, it, it kind of has me thinking a little differently now uh, about this, as I have heard and even seen in some ways, even in my own life uh, to some degree, some of the harm that this has done uh, to us as a society when we isolate ourselves. And that, that's just from, from reduced interactions with people. Okay, remember, we, we still get Zoom. We can still watch services online. We still, if you're, if you're in a home with your family, you still get to talk to them. We could, go, we could go to the grocery store. We could get outside and go for walks, okay? And even then, people are feeling the, the repercussions of, of this, this kind of longer isolation. It's just not the same as being with people and interacting, okay? Not the full-blown isolation that solitary confinement is. Okay, back to that here for just a second. I was looking this up a little bit this week, and and kind of doing some reading and, and some things about solitary confinement. Uh, and I found this according to this, uh, this, this article in the very succinctly named The Journal of the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law. Okay, that's a bit of a mouthful, but here's what they say. They said this, I couldn't believe it. Isolation can be as distressing as physical torture. Now that kind of struck me when I, when I read that. And, and at first I was kind of like... <sighs> Are they overstating it just a bit, maybe? But the more I think about it and we look at the, you know, what's, what's been happening in our world over the last year, I, I don't think it's a stretch. I think it's fairly accurate. Because, I mean, just listen to some of these mental and, and physical health effects that isolation can, can, can cause in us. This isn't, even, is this, this isn't even the entire list, but listen to this. Anxiety and stress, okay? Depression and hopelessness anger, irritability, and hostility, hypersensitivity to sounds and smells, problems with attention, concentration, and memory, paranoia, poor impulse control, social withdrawal, so going even further, retreating further from society, outbursts of violence, psychosis, fear of death, self-harm, and suicide. And now, while this article, you know, is specifically addressing solitary confinement in the prison system, I, I think it's very true, that being said, you know, from a general societal standpoint, that, that isolating ourselves 
from others is, is damaging. I think we're seeing this very list happen uh, in people's lives, right? When we, and I'm not just talking about time away in a healthy way. I'm not talking about that, where you need to get away. You need to retreat a little bit. You need to recharge your batteries. The idea of Sabbath, getting alone with the Lord, you know, all of that is healthy, but we're talking about like putting up walls between us and other people, not allowing other people to know who you are really, kind of wearing the mask and projecting that you're something different than you really are, not being in true relationship, fellowship, community uh, with others. Okay, that's all, all of this in this list. When we, when we do those things, it's, it's so damaging to us. Because again, the bottom line here, and, and we're seeing it in, in the effects that it's causing in people's lives, in the breakdown of individuals' mental health and spiritual health and and, and marriages, and parenting, and all kinds of things. We're just seeing here, and, and lo and behold, the Bible, you know, paints this picture too, of course. It's just that we need people. We absolutely need people. We were wired to be in relationship, first of all, with God. He created us to be in a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. He, he has, he's created us for that. He has created us to be in a tight-knit community with people who know us and people who we know where there is a certain sense of, of intimacy, a certain sense of, of closeness. Okay? And so today's big idea that we're going to look at, and I, I encourage you to, to write this down here, it's, it's really a stern warning, to be quite honest. Here's what it is. It says, isolating myself from others reveals a profound lack of wisdom. Okay, that... That might sting, I'm not sure, but it's, it's a wake-up call that I think we need in our ruggedly individualistic society that North American is. Right? We all want to do things on our own. We all want to be alone. We all want to, it's all of that. And I get it. I, I, I fall into that trap sometimes. But look at what the verse says here. This is Proverbs 18, verse 1. Take a look. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. You see that there? Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. It's saying that isolation, when you shut people out, when you push people away, that is inherently a selfish act. You're, you're seeking your own desire, following your own pride. There's a self-centeredness to it. It's, it's a following of, of your own flesh. And again, this happens when we purposely you know, pull away from community. Or when we, when we purposely shut ourselves off from relationships with, um, with other people. Okay, look what it says there. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. Look at the rest. He breaks out against all sound judgment. That part there where it says that he breaks out, it's kind of an interesting little phrase. Literally, it means um, that that person is hostile towards Okay, or, or they are quick to dispute with. They're, they're antagonistic when it comes to, to wisdom. They're, they're, they're against it. Other translations say this. The, the NLT says that they lash out against sound judgment. You're lashing out against it. The Berean Study Bible, don't know if anyone has a copy of that, but it says this, rebels against. You're actually in rebellion against wisdom, against sound judgment when you isolate yourself. Probably my favorite, though, is just the New King James. Rageth against. Of course it would say that. Right? You're raging against. Right? This is, this is a picture of a person who has completely lost their minds towards wisdom. 
right? Picture the person who's just had enough and they snap and lose their minds and, and rage or rageth. Okay, so listen, as, as you read this verse, just one verse today, right? As, as we look at this verse and, and, and as you think about kind of yourself here for a second or, 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 or your family, if you're married or, or you're dating somebody, if you're married and you have kids and, and you think about that in the context of the year that we've just had, right? COVID's been a year now, right? And, and as you consider a number of things about yourself, like your, your own wiring, remember I mentioned that I have like an introverted side to me. I'm one of those kind of weird people that's kind of half introverted, half extroverted. So I kind of understand both and those things are always warring. Uh, but maybe if, you, if you're an introverted person, I've, I've talked to some introverts and they're like, man, lockdown's the best. It's the sweetest. I'm completely pumped to be at home and not have to talk to anybody. Have you sensed the dangers in that though? Have you sensed some of the breakdown within yourself and, and, and for yourself mentally and spiritually? If you're an introvert and, you, and you've fallen, you've, you've gone down that road a little bit too much. Now, if you're an extrovert, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. You're like, man, pastor has nothing to say to me. I'm an extrovert. I love people. But I know this. I've heard, I've talked to extroverts as well. And, and, and some of them, they have, they, they have all kinds of friends. They have all kinds of acquaintances, all kinds of people that they're connected with. They love to talk. They love to, to chat. They love to be in relationship. But those relationships are an inch deep. And, and, and there's still walls being put up sometimes with extroverts too, right? Where, where they also, they don't really want to let people in. They don't want to let people see who they, who they really are. There's still this, again, this individualistic mindset where I can do this by myself. I don't truly need people in the way that the scriptures say, in the way that God has created it, right? So as you think about all of this, you know, your own wiring, think about your own priorities in life. Like, what is your life about? When you get up, what, what drives you today? Does it have anything to do with community and fellowship and relationship and, and, and the church? Or, or is it more just about like your own thing? Like you just kind of do what, what you uh, want to do. Like what are your goals? What, what are your ambitions? And as you kind of think about all of these things and, and where you're at right now, have you fallen into that very tempting trap of isolating yourself from others? Have you gone down that road? Or, and what are, the, what are the different ways that you, are, that you are prone to do that? There's all kinds of different ways. And as, as you mull over how that relates to you, I, I want to just take the rest of our time here this morning to, to remind us of, of the immense blessings uh, that come when we are invested in specifically church community. Right? When we're invested in fellowship and, and real relationships through Christ who, who, who binds us together, I, I want us to look at that compared to just the, the emptiness, the, the fruitlessness of isolating ourselves and just doing uh, our own thing. Okay? And so we've got, got five, five blessings compared to their opposite emptiness, empty things. Okay? So here's the first one. When you're invested in community, you've got encouragement in the hard times instead of spiraling discouragement, right? We know that life is hard. We know that life is challenging. There's going to be great times in life. There's going to be massive highs and blessings and all of that stuff. But there are also hard times. 
There are down times, and, and if you don't have people in your life, people that, that know you and people that you are growing in Christ with, all of that, when that discouragement strikes and, and you don't have people to encourage you and to pour into you and to be a sounding board for you and to correct you and all of that kind of thing, the discouragement just swirls and gets worse and worse. And you feel like mentally, I'm just circling the drain here and it turns into despair and, and, and hopelessness. When you're in, in, in community and you've opened yourself up to that, you open yourself up to being encouraged. And, and I mean, how much do we need that? I know that I have been so blessed by, by just, I mean, not even planned conversations, but just connecting with, with those of you on, on a Sunday or, or throughout the week and just hearing about what, what God's doing in your life. That automatically encourages me. Sometimes we don't even intend to encourage the person, but the Lord uses those things to encourage Right? We need each other. There's encouragement that comes. That's one of the blessings. Here's the second one. Increase uh, sanctification instead of stalled out spiritual growth. Increase sanctification instead of stalled out spiritual growth. When you isolate yourself, you don't grow more mature. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I have never met anybody who withdraws from the church, withdraws from relationships for, a, for a, a longer period of time, and actually does better in life. But we're so prone to thinking that, to, to believing that lie, to thinking that I don't need people. It's actually way easier and way better if I, if I just detach from my small group, if I, if I don't come to church, right? if, I, if I'm not involved, it's, it's easier, it's better. It's just me and the Lord. All of those other things are just distractions. You ever, you ever find yourself thinking that way? Listen, I get the community's hard. It's messy. Totally. I'm not trying to breeze over that part of it. But it's way worse to, to isolate yourself. You actually stall in your growth or, or, or you start sliding in your growth. It's going to happen to you at some point. Don't allow that to happen. You need to be sanctified. You need to, to grow. That's God's will for you according to 1 Thessalonians 4.3. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. Right? That's what it says. He wants you to grow, and we need people for that. People are, again, a sounding board to us. They can correct us when we're not thinking right. They can, again, encourage us like we've talked about. They can challenge us and instruct us, and we can do that for them as well. Here's the third one. Protection against lives, idolatry, and the enemy instead of being exposed and vulnerable. Okay, you think about a flock. You think about, about shepherds. The strength of a flock is its numbers. Right? That, that's the strength. When, when a sheep gets wandering off, that's when it's exposed. That's when it's prone to an attack by, by a wolf or a lion or whatever. And, and that's the same thing as, as a church. Think about it. We come together. We're here, in, those of us in this room right now, right? We're, we're, we're here together. And there is, there's a, a protection that comes from the lies that we're tempted to believe throughout the week. You're coming to church and you're like, you're hearing truth. And you're like, whether you can totally identify it or not, you're like, man, that's, that's what I need to hear because all week I've been hearing this, right? Whether it's the school system, whether it's the media, whether it's your own flesh, whether that's the enemy, it's just lies, 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 lies. Now you're coming together with other people, you're hearing truth, right? And you're looking to your side, and you're like, these other people are hearing it too. And there's a sense of like joy and strength that comes and like, we're doing this together. It's not just me alone. I've got my brothers and my sisters, we're arm in arm, and we are marching forward with Christ. There's a protection in that. From the idolatry that we, our hearts 
tend to just latch onto. We're hearing the truth of the gospel. We're hearing the, of Christ's love. We're hearing of his forgiveness. We're hearing of power that comes through his spirit. And, and these are the things that just crush our idols and drown out the enemy's lies. When we, when we stay away from this, when, we, when, we, when we're away from church, when relationships are at arm's length, we're exposed. We're vulnerable. Don't be surprised when, when mentally your health goes down. Don't be surprised that spiritually you become lethargic and you stop caring about the Lord, about other people. That's what's going to happen. You're vulnerable in that state. Ephesians 4.14 says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the, by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. There's a protection here. As we come and we hear truth, we're not tossed to and fro by lies, by the craftiness of deceitful schemes of the evil one and, and sometimes man. Here's the fourth one, major blessing here when we don't isolate ourselves, is that we find real purpose in a mission worth giving my life to instead of endless selfish pursuits. You come to church, you're hearing about the mission of Jesus Christ to make disciples, right? That's Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples. That's what Jesus told his disciples. That's the mission of the church. That is why we exist, to make disciples, to multiply disciples, right? You come here on a Sunday, you're coming to a small group, Right? You're involved in community and you're getting that message over and over again, which contradicts the, the fleshly desire that we have to just pursue whatever we want. To, to go after, again, just endless, endless selfish pursuits. When you're in relationship, when you're in community, and when that's centered in the gospel, you can find that real purpose there and that mission. It's worth giving your life to. And then lastly here, glory to God alone instead of hogging that glory for myself. Right? When you're involved in Christian community and you're opening up your life to other people and you're honest and, and, and you're, you're leaning into the truth of the gospel and your identity through Jesus Christ and all of that, and as you're humbling yourself and, and, and you're surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's getting so much glory. But when you isolate yourself, you're breaking out against sound judgment. Right? You're... You're seeking your own desire. Seeking your own desire is really just like saying, I, I just want glory for myself. I want to I hog that. There, there's, there's no wisdom in that at all. We've been created to give glory to God, which is something that we long to do the more we hear the truth of the gospel, the more we submit ourselves to it, the more we have conversations with other people in the church about that and grow in our unity together. We see who God is. We see that he loves us. We see who we are, that we're broken and we're a mess and we need help. And we see that God is our help and he sent Jesus Christ to die for us, to forgive us, to make us pure before God. We see that we can't earn that. We, we can't fix ourselves. We can't make ourselves prettier inside. That it is God and God alone who does that by his grace. The more we absorb that truth, the more glory God gets, the, more we, the, the less we desire to hog that glory for ourselves. And listen, the wiser, the wiser we become. And so, hey, we want to pray about these things now.
We're going to do that um, just like we did a couple of weeks ago. We're going to just move into groups as, you know, within your families or the person kind of near you. You can spin your chairs around and don't worry about all of that, of course, and, and, and pray together. We're going to have uh, Derek come back up and, and play a little bit uh, while we're doing that. A couple of things. Zoom prayer is happening at 11. So if you're online, you want to join me uh, for that. Uh, actually, it's going to be Dave. You're going to join uh, Dave for that. He's ready to go. Uh, and so you can uh, be a part of that at, at, uh, at 11 o'clock. And then I would just say this too. As you pray, when you're done, the service is over, okay? So you can make your way out of here um, and head out. Uh, and we'd be so glad if, uh, if you, as you were doing that, you were leaving quietly to give this kind of a, as a contemplative, prayerful uh, type environment in this room. And so I want to pray for us now and uh, seek the Lord's blessing in these things. Lord, we come before you, Lord, recognizing that uh, in our own uh, flesh and in our own quote-unquote wisdom, we will often isolate ourselves. Lord, we recognize that we live in a culture that really values individualism. It doesn't value um, being honest and being open and being vulnerable. Lord, I pray that as we think about that, Lord, I know there's real fear involved with being vulnerable and letting people see the real me. Lord, I pray that we would recognize, though, that through the gospel, we don't have to fear that. We don't have to fear being honest about where we're weak, where we're sinful, where we're broken. Because you've forgiven us. Because you are our strength. Because you give grace. Because our identity is not in us behaving well. Our identity is is found in you. Our identity is in who you declare us to be. We are forgiven. We are clean. We are set apart. And so God, as, as, as your church continues to grow in these areas, Lord, would you help us to see the value that you place on community, that you place on intimate relationships, true fellowship, Lord. I pray that we would grow wise in these things. Lord, forgive us where we tend to follow our flesh, where we we tend to break out against uh, all sound judgment where we seek our own desires. Lord, transform us. Lord, you will do it. You will sanctify us. That is your will, according to 1 Thessalonians 4. So God, would you do that and, and continue to do that today as we pray. So Lord, hear the prayers of your people. Lord, be glorified in all of this. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen.